0: You don't really get to clap too much when I just have to move two seats, to you? But you can keep going if you want. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Are you having a good morning? Yes. It's about to get a whole lot better. We're going to play a game. Who loves games? Okay, so if we're playing a game, it means we are all participating in the game. I'll look really silly playing by myself. The game is called Who Is That Voice?, Rules are very simple. I'm gonna play a short clip and you are gonna yell out who it is. Got it? All right, Nicole, are we ready with clip one? Let's go. First of all, I would like to make one thing quite clear. Yes. Yes, Julie Andrews, Mary Poppins, well done. Mary Poppins, you guys have got the rules. Okay, so, oh, hang on, can we pause that? you didn't know who that was so don't be shy and don't wait till the end or people are going to beat you yeah all right next one thanks nicole this night of my life yes morgan freeman excellent excellent yeah it was morgan freeman okay try and get in on the last one sam last clip this is your chance people let's go where am i going i don't quite know what does it matter Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was Kindergarten Cop. Yes, 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 yes. So why did I play you three clips and why did we play a game? Well, I wonder if there was a fourth recording this morning, if I played another sound and if it was God's voice, how many of us would recognize that this morning? You know, to know God's voice and to hear his voice more clearly is my prayer more days than I actually realise. Each day in my busy and in my crazy, I know everything is a lot better when he speaks. But the reality is, he is absolutely always speaking. The thing is, I need to tune in to him. I need to quiet the noise around my life. And I need to quiet my thoughts and hear what he's saying. And see, I realise more and more, it's very simple. I just need to chill and listen. So this morning we're going to ask oh I'm going to ask you a question and it's very simple the question is this do you hear what i hear and will you follow his sound You know, there's nothing I love more than God speaking to me because his voice does something to me. And if you listen carefully to the things Anna said as she led worship this morning, and if you listen to the words in the songs we sang, it was exactly this message, that if you hear him speak to you, if you've laid back against him, if you've been in his presence, if you ever have experienced him, you would know, you would be different, you would be changed. When God speaks to me, his voice is different to any other and it touches me in the deepest places inside my person. You see, I know he speaks. I've heard him speak to me plenty of times before and he speaks in different ways. I've heard his audible voice like he's speaking in my ears. I felt the thumping in my heart when I feel impressed to do something or say something and that thumping just will not go away until I do or say the thing he's asked me to do. I've had someone come and speak a word to me at the exact right time and it be as though God himself were the one delivering that word to me. I've heard him cut through the noise in my life and bring the peace and the comfort that I need in that moment. I've heard his voice in a song or a lyric or a melody. I've heard his voice in the easy times and sometimes I've had to seek it in the hard ones. Sometimes his voice is an answer to prayer. Sometimes it's being in the right place at the right time. Sometimes it's wisdom, it's foresight, it's knowledge into something. His voice is familiar, and when he speaks, I know that it's him. However he chooses to make his sound, I know when it's him who speaks. Jesus talks about hearing God's voice, and he does this in John 10, 27. He says this, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is where we're going to hinge our discussion today on these words of Jesus. Who are the sheep? That's us. The people who say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. Yes, I want to know him. Yes, I believe that he's given his life so that I can have a relationship with him. The people who say yes to him are the sheep. So that's you today. I could have put a picture of you in there, but I just thought the sheep looked a whole lot funnier than we did. The sheep hear his voice and they follow him. I to talk about knowing his voice and following him. So do you hear what I hear and will you follow his sound? You know, we can't recognise his voice if we're not familiar with it. Now, not everyone here, but most of you would have watched a movie or heard a voiceover or a commercial with Morgan Freeman's voice. You would have seen Julie Andrews either as Mary Poppins or in The Sound of Music. They're familiar because they're in and around us. But God's the same, guys. If we don't get familiar, we won't recognise it when he speaks. So I wonder what about you today? Have you heard the sound of God? Have you heard his voice? Have you heard his melody over you? Do you know that God sings over you? He sings about you. Do you know that? You are worthy of a song in heaven. Now some of you today are thinking, I don't know if I've ever heard God's voice. Maybe a long time ago, but maybe not recently. Or maybe you're thinking, oh, God speaks to me through this written word, and that's probably enough. And he does, but, oh, guys, there's so much more than just his written word. And some of you could be sitting here today thinking, this lady is a fruitcake. She thinks that a God she can't see speaks to her, and what's more, she follows that voice. So today I want to take some of the mystery out of this. I want to take the mystery out of what does God's voice sound like? And because I think when we can do that and understand what it is that he sounds like, we'll be able to look back over our life and go, ah, I see him speaking there and there and there. I just didn't know that it was him at the time. And I'm not objecting to the whole fruitcake thing. That's, you know, possibly true. But he speaks, I hear him, and that's pretty much all I got to say about that, as Forrest Gump would say. So do you hear what I hear and will you follow his sound? As I said, God is always speaking. Sometimes we can feel like he's not because we're looking for a particular answer or we're looking for a particular method for him to use to speak to us. And I think that we have to know what he sounds like, but we have to say, I'm coming without an expectation because you're God and I'm not. So we have to be in tune with the fact that he's always speaking, even if it's not, The answer we were hoping to hear. Why does God speak? Well, he doesn't just love the sound of his own voice. God speaks for connection and purpose. When he speaks, it allows us to connect with him. And his voice has the power to create, to redefine and to bring change. God speaks to us because he loves us. He wants to connect with us. When he speaks to us and we hear what he's saying, it tells us so much about who he is and about who we are. And we're going to have a look at three quick examples. I mean, the Bible's big, yeah? So I can't give you all the examples. But we're going to look at three really quick ones of God speaking and what's happened. So Genesis 1, if you know the creation story, God spoke and the whole world got created. He just spoke. That's the power of a word from his mouth. He says, let there be light, and someone flicks a switch. He says, let there be water and let there be land, and it comes to being. But what I love in the creation story, and this doesn't have much to do with his voice, but what I love about the creation story is that when it came to us, he spoke about us. He got the idea. He spoke about us, and then he used his hands and his breath to make us. So we are worth so much more than a word today. We were worth the maker of the universe, getting down in the dirt and going, I'm going to create you and form you and make every little bit perfect because he's the master sculptor. That's for free today. Exodus 3. So if you've ever heard the story of Moses or seen the animated Disney, the Prince of Egypt, God speaks to Moses from the middle of a burning bush. Way to get your attention burn a bush, start speaking. I've never been able to do that. But God does that. He doesn't just do it to go, hey, watch my cool party trick. He does it to connect with Moses. See, God gets his attention, connects with him. And what does he do? He changes Moses' life forever. He restores him to who he was meant to be. He gives him purpose. He gives him a plan for his life. And then he tells him, now I'm going to use you to deliver a whole nation and set them up for their future. So connection and purpose, redefining, changing. And as I said, when God speaks... He reveals who he is to us, and he backs the validity of his own word. If you look through the Bible so many times, he says, I am the Lord who, I am the God who, I am the one who. He tells you who he is. So when we hear the words he speaks, we get to know who he is. And as I said, he confirms the validity of his word, Isaiah 55:11. So is my word that goes forth from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it out. Then we get to Jesus, right? And he's a whole nother aspect of the voice of God. Because if you like, he's like what God would sound like if he was human. Because Jesus was human and he was God. So that's the human voice of God, right? So this is how Jesus used his words. He would speak a word and then someone in a city thousands of kilometers away would get healed. That's a pretty powerful voice. So he'd be in the middle of a turbulent storm and everyone's freaking out around him. And he'd just go peace be still, and the storm stops. That's a pretty epic way to use your words. Then he did this. He spoke forgiveness over broken people. He restored their lives, and they were never the same again. I wonder, is that the story of anyone in here today? Did Jesus speak a word of forgiveness over you, a word of restoration over you, and change your life forever? It's the word it's two of you. I got two. Is that the story of anybody in here today that he spoke over you? He spoke a word over you and your life went from this to this. Yes. He changed you. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Okay, I got five. I'll give you one more opportunity. Because you should be getting so much more excited about the fact that he speaks over you, he sings over you, he creates purpose in you, he creates destiny in you, he redefines who you are. He doesn't just take you and go, oh, you're a little bit forgiven now, good luck with the rest of it. But he goes, hey, I have totally cleaned you up. Sin is not a part of your life anymore. I have made a way for you. I love you. That is who he is this morning. So I'm going to ask you again, church, has he spoken a word over you that's changed you today? Yes, Yes, he has. He's done that for me. We need to get excited. We need to. Because if we don't have a message we're excited about, no one's going to want to hear the message you're mediocre about. There's enough of that in the world. Be excited. Jesus not only demonstrated the voice of God, but he made a powerful statement about God's words. In Matthew 4.4, Jesus is in a desert. He hasn't eaten a thing for 40 days and 40 nights. And he's being tempted by the devil. And the devil's telling him, you know, just, just turn the stone into bread. Come on, you're hungry, you're God. It's a small snap of the fingers for you. And Jesus says, no, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So... It's written that this is said, but Jesus isn't just repeating something. He's making a prophetic statement. Can you hear it? Man lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That means today you should be listening to a voice that is giving you life and sustaining you. That is the voice of God speaking today. It's ongoing. You should be hearing his voice every day. So do you hear what I hear and will you follow his sound? we're going to have a little look at what does God sound like? You know, the very first people to ever hear the voice of God were Adam and Eve. He made them in the garden and placed them there. I'm going to give you a quick 30 second review of what it was like, I think, to be Adam and Eve in the garden. So God made them, placed them in the garden, gave them some instructions. Do this, do that, do this, don't do that, right? He was there when they named animals together. So you can assume... They're having a dialogue. They're chatting. Being together and talking and being in one another's presence is a normal thing, right? I don't think that God was silent when he was talking to them because that just wouldn't work. He'd have to have a voice. They'd have to speak and listen and there'd have to be dialogue. So we can assume that it's a normal thing for them. And because it was normal, they knew his sound. They knew his voice. So my dad, my dad, my physical dad, has his keys to his car. My dad's keys have a very distinct noise. He can walk into a room full of people and I know my dad's here. I don't have to see him. I just have to hear the jingle of his keys. And I know my dad's here now. And that's what it would have been like for Adam and Eve. They would have been in the garden doing their thing and they wouldn't have had to have seen God coming. They would have heard him coming before they could see him because they knew his sound. So Adam and Eve... Are doing their thing in the garden, and one day Eve decides, I'm going to have a try of this apple. This is a very paraphrased version of the story, so please check your Bible. <laughs> I'm going to try this apple or fruit, whatever it was. She took a bite, said, Adam, this is great. You try two. And once they had, they knew, oopsies, we have done the wrong thing. God said, don't do this. We did it. Oopsies. Immediately after, they do. Now, the thing about the Bible is, you, don't, you never know time, right? It doesn't say five hours later. It doesn't say three seconds later. But some point in the picture after this happened, God walks onto the scene. And this is what happens. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of day. So this very scripture here shows us that everything we've just assumed about Adam and Eve is true. They know him and they know his sound. It did not say, and they saw him coming. It said, they heard his sound. Now, this very word sound, and I'm not going to try and speak Hebrew for you. You can do that later. But this very word sound encapsulates a whole bunch of words. It includes a loud, bleating, crackling, to cry out, a lowing noise, peace, a proclamation, singing, a spark, thundering, or a voice that yells. That's a very broad spectrum of noises. So I don't know if God came in with a thundering proclamation, oh you two, or if he came in with a Adam, Eve, where are you? What's going on? You don't know how he came. But what is very important to know here is that this word sound starts to give us an indication of what God Himself sounds like. Okay? So we're just gonna pause for a second. This is gonna be like a really long ad break now. We're just gonna pause this story and we're gonna come back to Adam and Eve. Because we've just started to talk about what God sounds like. And I think it's important just to jump a little bit further into what He sounds like, and then we're going to pull it back in and finish the story. Is that good? Yep. Good. All right. So, what does God sound like? If you go through your Bible, you're going to find lots of scriptures about this. And summarized for you here, in one I prepared earlier, is that God's voice sounds like a thundering, it sounds like uttering, expressive articulation, it sounds loud. It can sound like a still small voice. Elijah says, I looked for him in the earthquake, but he wasn't there. I looked for him in the fire and in the wind, and he wasn't there, but he was in the still small voice. He can sound like the sound of many waters. And this one for me, I love because I love water and I love the beach and I love waterfalls. And I, I just pictured myself thinking about this and I went, Man, picture those days when you're not at a back, not like at the bay, but you're in the standing you know, on the sand of an ocean. And you know those days when it gets overcast and the ocean gets rough and things get crazy, right? But then it's, that's the sound of one water. Imagine that multiplied and there's many waters. That's what God sounds like. He sounds like the ebb and the flow, like the crashing and the pooling and the drawing in. He sounds like the thing you can't wait to hear next because you can see it building and it's about to just crash on the shore. And then it's the gentle foam that just comes in at the end he sounds like that, the God we love. He sounds like a trumpet. He sounds dynamic and full of emotion. If you look through the different um, Bible translations of this scripture of Zephaniah 3.11, it, it pulls out so many different things of what God sounds like. He sounds joyous. He sounds quiet. He's loving. He's rejoicing. His sound is of rescue, of strength, and of power. In the Amplified, this is the scripture in the Amplified. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love, making no mention of your past sins. And he will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. How good is that? These attributes we've just talked about cover the physical nature of God's voice, right? But it begs another question. When he speaks... How do I know it's him if I hear something that sounds like thunder or I hear something that sounds like waters or I hear something that's quiet and still? Still, how do I know if that's him? I think what we have to recognise is that God's voice doesn't just have a sound, but it has a flavour. God's voice has his own language. It's a bit like when, you live, when a family lives in a house, they have a way of speaking. You know, that's her kid, right? And I know you'll love when you go, oh, that's what Rose is like when you speak to my kids. Yeah. <laughs> but he has a sound and he has a flavour. God's language sounds like this. He doesn't mention our past sins. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't lecture us. He loves and he uplifts. Yeah. He tells the truth and he's a father. So he hangs out with us just because. He doesn't lie. He doesn't tempt. He doesn't contradict. He does not shame us. He does convict us and he draws us in with his sound. And he will correct us. He doesn't blame us. He restores us. His voice is peace, comfort, joy and rejoicing over us. And we feel it. And his voice leaves us longing for more. That's a pretty amazing language, right? Imagine hearing something and then aligning it with what you know about how his voice should be. You go, okay, I am feeling so loved, I am feeling put back together, the still small voice must be God. I am feeling not great about what I did, but I'm feeling God's gentle correction and I'm feeling love while he explains to me how I can change in this area. That's still God speaking. Mm I think that if we hear God's voice and it doesn't sound like this list of things that we've just talked about, then I'm going to go out on a limb and say, it's probably not God's frequency we've tuned into. That's a different voice and that's probably a voice you're not going to want to listen to. Mm -hmm. That's the voice of the accuser. That's the voice of God's enemy. And sometimes it's the voice that we create within ourselves by partnering with things that are lies. So they're the voices that you want to go, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to align myself. I'm going to put my thinking and my believing into the right spaces God has made for me. So we're talking about sound and the question was, do you hear what I hear and will you follow his sound? So we've spoken a bit about what it sounds like to hear God. Now we're going to talk about following his sound. We have to know how to respond and that's our part. He does the speaking, we do the listening, and then we have a choice to respond. Okay, And this is where we're going to pick up the story of Adam and Eve. So if you remember, we left them just after they'd eaten the forbidden fruit. God is coming into the garden. They've heard his sound. So we're going to just have a look at the scripture again. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They hid. That was their response. They heard him coming and they hid. I liken this to when I'm at home and I might be downstairs in the kitchen and there are two little girls upstairs who should be playing nicely, but all of a sudden I hear a crash and a bang and a scream and I go, what happened? And you hear nothing. Can't see anybody, can't hear anybody, nothing. That's a little bit more like Adam and Eve just did. They hear God coming and they're like, oh my God, we better hide. So they hide. So what we know about God's voice and what we established earlier is that his paramount reason is to connect with us. So God is now coming back into the garden. Do you think he was oblivious to what just happened? No. He knew what they did. But he knew how they were feeling about what they did. So he's going back to connect with them. My kids must feel terrible after what just happened. I need to be with them. And so he goes into the garden and they hid. In a moment of seeking connection with Adam and Eve, God approaches. They hear his sound and they hide. This demonstrates that the state of our heart toward God and how close we feel to him is going to influence our response to hearing him in the cool of our day. If we're caught up in our mess, if we're caught up in our mistakes, if we're caught up in I should have, I could have, I didn't, I wish I'd had it, man, we're going to miss it. We're going to hide from him in the cool of our day. I know when I feel far from God, I'm so much less likely to respond to him as one who should know his voice. So in a hypothetical world, if I had just argued with my husband, Tim, because we know that doesn't happen, if I had just argued with him, and then slowly I can feel those promptings of the Holy Spirit going, you really need to fix that. You need to go say sorry. Yeah, I'll probably hide. <laughs> I will. I'll be like, not ready, God. Not ready. Hiding. But obviously it doesn't stay like that for too much longer. I, uh, I do do the right thing, just so you know. But I illustrate that to say barriers between us and God the things that we let get in between us and him are going to influence the way we respond to him. It's either going to draw us in and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit woo me in back into the arms of Jesus and I'm going to go and do the right thing or I am going to hide like Adam and Eve did or I'm going to totally resist and go, not even there for the discussion. I'm out of here. It'll be one or the other. What I love about God is this, when I bring my mess to him, when I open up each new day to him, when I position myself to connect with him in the way that he's trying to connect with me, that there makes all the difference. That helps me to hear his voice, to recognise his sound, and then to respond. So he doesn't want us to hide in the mess. He embraces the mess. He knows the mess exists. He's not asking us to have these little perfect compartmentalised lives and then go, here it is, Lord. Because what's he going to do with that he's just going to break it anyway and go no here it is let me deal with it so he wants you to come as you are this morning and I think that for us our response to God is our gauge as to how well we're hearing his voice are we living from every word that comes from his mouth are we feeling strengthened are we feeling alive are we feeling clear in our minds are we feeling loved are we feeling uplifted are we feeling all those things that encapsulate his language because then we know how well we're hearing his voice or not Now, I say all of this because in 2020, there is a very, 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 very clear invitation to this church. And God's invitation is this. Come walk with me. Okay. Now, you have to realize that we are on the precipice of an upgrade. Like my big use of words. We are on the precipice of an upgrade. You see, Jesus said, come follow me. And most of you in here, I'm going to make the assumption, are following him. But see, here's the difference. Come follow me means he's there and I'm here and I'm following him. But now he's saying, come walk with me. I Olivia, quick, stand up because I need to show everybody something. Now he's saying, come walk with me. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. I'm walking with him. I'm not following him anymore. Thanks, honey, you can sit down. I'm walking with him. That's the difference. So the invitation is to partner. The invitation is to rest. The invitation is he wants to be with us. He wants us to walk with him. He doesn't want us to be ahead or behind. He wants us to be with him, walking, talking, recognising his voice, becoming familiar and responding. So that really leads me to my final question. Are you ready to respond? So... In preparing for you to respond, because I'm good like that, I asked God, what are we going to do, God? How are we going to respond? And the first thing he said is, well, let's demonstrate my voice. And I said, let's do it. So if you're under 30, and you should be so proud of that because I'm, like, not under 30 anymore. If you are under 30, I'm going to ask you if you would be so bold as to stand up because I believe God gave me a word for the under 30s in this house and I want to release it over you. So if you're under 30, just stand up where you are. And all the people not standing up, are so wishing they were under 30, but we are loving our season anyway. I did talk to someone last week um, after church and say to them, I'm at that age now, sit down Sam, I'm at that age now where I say to people, you're so much younger than me. And that just makes me feel old saying that, right? But under 30s, Are you ready? I want you to imagine for a second under 30s that this isn't me. This is Jesus saying this over you, okay? And this is what he says. This is your time. This is your season. And the invitation is make me your number one. Follow me. Walk with me. I sing over you. I speak over you. And I am real. Under 30s, God is wanting to show up in your life and in your circumstances. I particularly see him wanting to show up in the questions of your life. So he wants to show you he's real, and he actually knows you're wondering. He knows there's things you're wondering about life. He knows there's things you're questioning about life, and he knows there's things you're even wondering about him. Okay? So what God is saying is, I want to show up in your questions. So the way he's going to show up, guys, is very simple. Ask him, wait, and listen. So if you are under 30 today, man, God just has this huge heart for you. Like for him to say, this is your time now. And for people to stand up right now that are two to possibly the the very edge of 30. That is a really big range of ages of people. Okay. So God is now pulling you out, going wherever you are in this spectrum of being under 30, I am telling you, your time is now. He is saying, I'm giving you permission to have the hard discussions with me. He is saying, you don't have to have the answers because I do. He is saying, ask and wait with me because I will give you those answers. So if you are under 30 and you feel like, oh, I so needed to hear that, right? And you are cool with this. I'm going to ask someone next to you who is not under 30 because they're sitting to just pop a hand on your shoulder and we're just going to pray for you under 30. So if you're cool with that, we're going to do that. So if you're near and under 30... If you're near eight, I wish I was under 30. If there are under 30s who are standing that don't have hands on them, that means over 30s need to get up and go to them, please. We're gonna pray over the under 30s and we're just gonna release God's love, God's blessing and what he wants to do, all right? Jesus, I thank you for this amazing group of people. And I thank you that they are the game changer for this nation. They are the game changer for this generation. And God, right now I release The faith to believe that you are who you say you are. I release God the the quietness of spirit and the patience and the willingness to say, I will sit before him until I get my answer. They will persevere. They will be different to the rest of their generation who is a swipe and a click. But they will sit and they will persist in the presence of God. They will dig deep wells because they know that there is truth to be found. And there will be releases of that truth. God, I thank you right now that they will even come together as the younger and older parts of that spectrum of under 30s and they will, God, be a blessing to one another, that the older ones will pick up the younger ones and that the younger ones will even inspire the older ones. God, I just thank you that you love this group of people so much and that you will just open their ears so much more to hear your sound. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How good is that? When God says, I want to speak to a group of people, and the group of people respond. So guys, that's as easy as it is. God says he wants to speak, and we say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. I will respond. All right. So we are nearing the end, and it is nearly lunchtime. Having a big lunch, so stay, don't go anywhere. Okay. But I want to give everybody a chance to respond. You could be someone who just responded, and you want to respond a little more. Or you could not have responded yet, because don't let age be a barrier thing. I remember being in a church conference once, and they said, you had to be under 30. You couldn't actually be 30, and I was 30 that year, and I just went, no, I missed out. So I'm going to give everybody a chance. I don't want anyone to feel as bad as I did that night, because you were, like, not under 30. So the invitation is this, where, where is the state of my heart at, and how do I need to respond to get closer? Have I ever met Jesus before? Have I accepted him as my Lord and Savior? Have I said, Jesus, I'm not sure about this whole thing, but you seem to be real and I want to know if you are, so I'm ready to thank you for what you've done. I'm ready to ask You forgiveness and I'm ready to take a step of faith and start a journey with you. That could be the first way you need to respond. You could have done that already, but no, there's a whole bunch of mess between you and God and you just need to get rid of that barrier between you and him and have a clean slate there and go, I want to hear your voice. You might just need to draw closer. You might need to commit to the invitation this morning of come walk with me. So I am going to ask um, Len just to pop a track on. And as he does, I'm just going to give you like a verse. Like I'm not going to give you like the whole eight minutes of the song because you don't need to wait that long. I give you a verse and then you come forward. If you would like to respond to God in any of that, We'll just pray with you. So yeah, that's great. Thanks, Len.